Hey, it's Eric G. Around the House is sponsored by Baldwin Hardware. For 75 years, Baldwin Hardware has been known for its first-class quality and craftsmanship in door and cabinetry hardware. As an alumnus of the Baldwin Hardware Design Council, I can say I have seen the details and quality from design to the finished product. If you're looking for a new style and old-world craftsmanship, I can tell you there is only one Baldwin Hardware. Check out what would look great in your home at baldwinhardware.com. We get a lot of calls for dehumidifiers for garages, and that's just so challenging, right? Because as soon as you open that door, all bets are off. I mean, it's it, it's so hard to condition, inexpensive to condition that much air again to, you know, just when you hopefully start getting it under control, then you come home and you open up the door. Somebody's coming and going all the time. So, And they usually have cement floors, and cement has a lot lot of moisture in it um, and constantly giving off moisture uh, so we we do get that call uh, quite a bit I'll be it's around the house when it comes to remodeling and renovating your home there is a lot to know but we've got you covered this is around the house Welcome to Around the House with Eric G and Caroline B, the Halloween edition, our number two. Thanks for joining us. Oh, Caroline, we've got you over there. You've got your theme music going on here. <laughs> you missed us. Earlier, we have the Bionic Woman. <laughs> and of course Bionic woman I've got myself over here as Al from Tool Time I don't think so Tim And then we've got a special guest over here <laughs> Nikki Kruger Hello hey, Kruger From Santa Fe Products <laughs> Whoa <laughs> so I had to grab the Nightmare on Elm Street music since your last name's Kruger. We got to run scary. with it, right? There you go. There you go. Yes, absolutely. Even though you're the Mad Hatter, we had to go. <laughs> but she's got, she's the Mad hey, Hatter well, today. We are having fun. Nice costume, nice hat. Thanks for joining us, Nikki. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you for having me. It's a great addition to have uh, for Halloween to talk about uh, the creepy crawlies in our crawl spaces and basements. Oh, man. I tell you what, you know, I used to work um, probably four or five years, yeah. actually about four years ago, I spent some time working for a foundation crawl space company. So I got to see, Caroline's the expert in this one, but I got to see plenty of crawl spaces where for instance, I walked into one aunt lady's house. She was so nice. Her husband had just passed away a year before. And she's like, I know I got to do something with the crawl space. That's a mess. But she goes, come back in this back bedroom and listen to this noise. Okay, this is weird. Oh it was a gurgling <laughs> floor register. And I pulled the <laughs> register up and I go, you have standing water in your floor register. What's that? Oh. And I went and opened the crawl space up and water was to the <laughs> bottom of the floor joists. It was like a swimming pool. 
That that is so scary. Ah. Uh. See, there's our fearful, uh, scary. When was the last time you checked your yes. crawl space Halloween edition? <laughs> yeah, I've, I've unfortunately uh, have been in a lot of crawl spaces, and uh, rarely uh, do you not walk out terrified. I mean, walking in, obviously, crawling yeah. in is terrifying. Is, is terrifying, and uh, I've always <laughs> found that. Of course, you're completely suited up. You got the mask, you got the gloves, you got the suit, and then you get in there and realize you can't move and you can't do anything with all that on. Uh, so you get in and out as quickly as possible. Yeah, my, my crawl space is not friendly. It's about 20 to 24 inches down there. And it is one of those just, even my heating and cooling guys that just put my new heating and cooling system in were like, that is not the most fun crawl space. And I'm like, it's not bad compared to others, but it's not, you're not walking around in that one either. Yeah. And nobody wants to know what's in their crawl space. So they forget about it. Right. Like if, if out of sight, out of mind, how many clients I've had so many that sit there and they I say, <laughs> well, do you have a basement or a crawl space? I don't know. What do you mean? You don't know. I don't go down there. Uh-huh. I'm like, well, how do you service your furnace? I haven't changed my filter in 10 years. That's I'm like, exactly okay. <laughs> yep. They don't realize how that affects their living space too. Right. I mean, and they don't want to know. They don't want to know. You know, those 1990s <laughs> cream carpets told us so much. You know, the ones that have been there for like 10 years and you walk into their home, they're like, yeah, my carpet cleaner and my house cleaner does a horrible job. They can't get up against the trim. And I'm like, actually, no, that's the air filter of all that nasty air in your crawl space coming up. Yep. That's not from somebody not cleaning it. That's air movement. Exactly. Oh, yeah. I see that all the time also with the fiberglass insulation, oh. right? You pull it out and it's just black. And and you know exactly where the filtration is, right? That's their filter black. right there. And it's not doing a very good job. No, that is the, and, and, and the bad part with fiberglass is that all that air movement is also grabbing the fiberglass particles and are floating exactly. around as well. So that's, oh. that's not awesome either. Double whammy. Yeah. So you guys do such a great job. I mean, I'm in the Pacific Northwest here. I'm in Portland. So we are super dry six months out of the year and super humid the rest of the year. And we are one of those areas that people just don't take care of their crawl spaces. And, you know, there's other areas of the country like California that don't have crawl spaces in many cases. But I don't think we can educate people enough about what's going on down there and what damage humidity does to your house. Yeah, it is. It is pretty scary. Um, you know, there's been a lot of studies out there on really what frightens people about their crawl space and basements. And 32% of homeowners say insect infestation is their biggest fear. <laughs> and and that is so oh and, and fighters. <laughs> I've got arachnophobia. I'm- and that's I mean, dark, cool, wet creepy places. Yes, exactly. Is what, uh, the crawl space and basements usually attract. Um, and so if you can help, you know, stop that moisture, um, a lot of times it'll, it'll stop the termites and the cockroaches and the centipedes and the millipedes and the crickets. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can go on and on. Um, but you got to control that moisture and and it is something people don't think about because a lot of times we add air conditioning to our upper levels and we see moisture removed. Yep. And we don't understand why that's, you know, what's going on below the home. So Nikki, tell people, explain to people how 
why moisture in the basement isn't, it's imperative to take care of it. So they think it's in the basement. It's in a scary place. I don't need to look at it. I don't acknowledge it. So therefore it's not going to affect me. Sure, sure. So anything that's below the ground, a crawl space or a basement, it's built in the ground and dirt is typically always at saturation. It might not be the first six inches, but as you start getting lower, that soil is always going to be saturated. And that moisture in the soil is trying to get in to the basement or crawl space through that foundation. Um, Vapor pressure, hot goes to cold, wet goes to dry. So that water or that soil is wet, it's trying to get into the basement where it's drier. And so it'll make its way in, start, you know, through cracks, vapor pressure, um, and even most crawl spaces, a lot of the crawl spaces in the, in the U.S. are vented crawl spaces. Um, so, you know, we've got a vent to the outside. So when it's humid in Portland, that humid air comes right through those vents and it doesn't go straight across and out the other side. It comes, That'd be awesome it comes if it did. In, <laughs> and, and it goes up. Right. Um, and so, and, and the reality is, is at least 50% that, of the air below your home makes its way up into the living space. And so that's when that humidity gets high, indoor air quality gets high because it's pulling all, if there's mold growing, um, if there's, you know, the the um, fecal matter, which is always scary. I don't care if it's Halloween or not. Um, oh, those mice and rodents? Those, oh, yeah. That oh, passes. all those particles. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, particles from that is going to make its way upstairs. And so um, we know that, you know, mold is one of the number one contributors for causing asthma in people that have never had it before. And so we really got to be careful on, you know, controlling humidity. That's a big part of the health and the it's it's health, it's comfort and it's property protection. So you kind of get, you know, this great trifecta with using a dehumidifier. Yeah, it's one of those things that get, it gets interesting because I people don't think about it. Like today, we actually are not raining here in Portland. Uh, you know, it's it will be. Give it a few minutes, but we're still at almost sixty percent humidity outside. Which means if you've got the vented crawl space and your vents are open right now, you've got at least that down there because we've also got damp soil. I mean, I used to have a crawl space at my last house that we were renting for a little while in between homes and. I would go crawling across the crawl space and underneath the black plastic and the guy wouldn't put in a dehumidifier, do anything with it, but just the black plastic that was underneath there, it was like I was crawling in clay that was like I was getting ready to model with. So my elbows and my knees would sink down like two inches. And he was wondering why the floors were warping upstairs that were hardwood and, and things like that and couldn't get it figured out. And, 365 days a year, that house in this crawl space that was not that deep was completely saturated down there. And there's only one way to fix it, and that's with a dehumidifier. Yeah, I mean, if if you've got, you know, drainage around the outside of the home, first and foremost, is super important, right? When we when we apply a dehumidifier, we want to make sure it's going to be successful. So get those gutters, you know, make sure that they're cleaned out and they're they're draining away from the house. Um, make sure the grade on the, you know, up to the foundation is getting water away. We got to get water away from the crawl space and basements. Um, and then we can start addressing, you know, if you've got any 
cracks or anything like that. It's not going to take care of bulk water, but it is going to take care of that water vapor that's making its way in. See, we had a huge problem here in Portland, Oregon that started about 20 years ago because the houses in the 30s, 40s, and 50s, they allowed them to hook their gutter storm drain system into the sewer. And so what happened was is that we'd have these big rains, the sewer would overflow, it would run out, and they'd have to dump it into the river. So now we had raw sewage in the river, which isn't great for the environment. So the city of Portland probably 20 years ago said, hey, we're going to give you a tax break on your sewer bill if you disconnect those downspouts. But the problem is, is that they didn't, they didn't know enough about foundations and that stuff to say that you've got to put it down into a storm drain system and get it 10 feet away from the house. They just dumped oh. it right next to the house. <laughs> and so oh. in our wet, rainy river, in our, you know, area that we have here with the soils we have, no, no. there are tens of thousands of homes that have severe foundation degradation just because of that point loads on the, on the foundation. So I have gone into homes where they've done that. And I've gone in and taken the concrete and I could dig through it with my bare hands and start pulling the foundation apart. And one of them I could, I went, we knew we were going to have to do work, but I, I wanted to see how far I could get. I started to see daylight on the other side. That's so sad. Just from water. Yep. Yeah. And then that's, what's important (laughs) people. I mean, there's, there's steps that you can take that really are inexpensive just to try to get that water away. Um, and then the next step is, you know, realizing, okay, do I need a full encapsulation um, in order to bring, you know, what we say is bringing basically the crawl space as part of the envelope, right? So now we've got house, all of our conditions, space, everything. Part um, of the house. And, right. and, and it, yeah. oftentimes it's not inexpensive, but if you look at what it takes, like you're talking about, I mean, if you don't have a foundation of a home, there's, I mean, that's scary. That is super scary stuff right there. So even in the Northeast, right, or in Louisiana, all these places where we had these torrential rains, right, because of the hurricanes, we saw so much damage. And people, you know, at that time after a storm, you need a dehumidifier, even if it's just to help dry you out. So if you get storm damage and all these people didn't have any preventative measure, they had no dehumidifier down there and try to go get a dehumidifier when half the country is, you know, complaining of water damage. And you know, Nikki, it's hard. They're they're on back order. We're in situations where you can't get them. So it's important just to have one, I believe, as a preventative measure. Keep it down there all the time. Even if it, if you don't yeah. need it necessarily. Well, and we're, you know, what we've always kind of talked about of, is, you know, you some know, type of flooding. People are like, well, how do I know I, I need a dehumidifier? And first and foremost, it's where you live. So we call it a green grass climate. If you've got green grass outside, you've got enough moisture through the spring, summer, and fall, um, that, typically about an inch, a rain or so a week, that if you've got green grass, you're going to need a dehumidifier. Now, that might just be basement or crawl space. Or it could be crawl space and whole house because we we do whole house dehumidifiers. But at some point, you're going to have to control the moisture. And unfortunately, we've gotten to this mindset that, oh, my air conditioner will take care of that moisture. Um, But the reality is, is the whole goal of making our houses tighter, better construction is to run the air conditioning and heating system as little as possible which means less AC runtime, which means less water going down the drain. Because that's a byproduct of cooling our home. 
No question. So we're seeing that a lot, a lot more. And then when we're going into places where typically like the Northeast, the Northwest, where they didn't have a lot of air conditioning in homes originally, and now they're adding that air conditioning to the home. And that completely changes how those homes have worked um, in the past and how they're working now. And I had a client in Maine recently and they don't run air conditioning, right? Yeah. Because it's just not, they don't need it. But the humidity, I had her check her humidity in the house and it was like getting up there. It was like 65%, yeah. 70%. So then she definitely needed to run a whole house unit because she had the humidity, but no air conditioning because you didn't feel, you know, and I think that's important. So explain to people what a good level is of humidity in a home because there are good levels. And then when you need one, um, how do you, you know, what's the process? Sure. So I think first and foremost, you know, we talk a lot about a relative humidity, but relative humidity means it's relative to a temperature. So if someone calls me and says, you know, my humidity is 70% in my crawl space, my question back to them is what's the temperature? Because warmer air, uh, has more energy so it can hold more water. Cooler air has less energy, so it holds less water. It starts condensing quicker. And so really what we want to know is what the dew point is. Dew point's going to tell us an absolute of how much moisture um, is in that air. So if you've got 80% relative humidity, but it's 30 degrees, that probably really isn't that much moisture. Because as soon as you heat that air up, that relative humidity probably is going to go down to 20 or 30% relative humidity. So as soon as we heat the air, the relative humidity goes down. So it's, it's only relative to that temperature. What we need to know is the dew point. So if you look at dew point maps across the country, which I think is a great resource um, to just go on and you can Google dew point maps and they'll come up for the day. As soon as you start getting above a 55 degree dew point, that's when you're going to start having um, the potential for condensation. And that's when we know that there's higher humidity levels in the air. And that could be all the way from Maine over to Nevada, down to Texas and over to Florida, typically where we see those, those higher dew points. So um, the way that you can control that without having to run the air conditioning to do that is to use a dedicated dehumidifier that solely focuses on a set relative humidity. So an air conditioner, when you use a thermostat, it's going to concentrate on getting to a set temperature, but typically not to a set relative humidity. Um, when you use a dehumidifier, you can set that so you always are insured that you're going to be, and we recommend between 50 and 55%. Um, if, an, if an air conditioning contractor were to design your HVAC system, they're designing for 75 degrees and 50% relative humidity is their goal when sizing their system. Um, and then if it runs, uh, you know, in July at your peak heat, uh, at the peak heating uh, or cooling temp, then that's what it should achieve. But the problem is, is that, you know, you're only at that peak uh, design condition for about 1% of the year. Yeah, that's... So how do you do it the, you do it the rest yeah. of the time, right? Yeah, see, we had some really... Portland's an interesting area because we have that same issue where 
Only about 45% of our homes a few years ago had air conditioning in it. It just wasn't one of those things. But that is rapidly changing because we broke our all-time high this summer where we had 119 degrees in Portland. And that was brutal. Now, I got lucky because I had just put in a brand new heating and cooling system like a month before a nice high-end system. So my house stayed in a nice 75 degrees, but I have neighbors around here that are real close that were toughing it out and apartments and things like that. There's not a single air conditioning unit unless it was built last year. They're all stuck with window air conditioners and stuff like that. So it's amazing that people are starting to figure this out in our area but it's that way up in Seattle. It's up, you know, there's plenty of places in the country like Caroline said, Maine, same kind of things where all of this conditioning of spaces is relatively new. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's because our tolerance for what we will accept for being uncomfortable um, has, has shrunk considerably. Sure. You know, it's, you know, our, parents, grandparents, they, they just kind of stuck it out and they knew, you know, I hear stories all the time, like up in Maine, you know, our, our, our shoes get moldy in our closet and then we just throw them out and we buy new ones and people that's not acceptable anymore. And I want to go to bed always at a certain temperature and relative humidity. And I want to sleep good and I want to get up and I want to be able to blow dry my hair without sweating. Um, so, I mean, our tolerances just aren't there. We, we expect comfort. 24 7 365 now and then we've also got yeah i like that i like comfort yeah. but we've also got i've noticed <laughs> like in my house i have some new new humidity sources as well for instance my heated tile floor in the bathroom you know you you you, you jump out of the shower you drip some water on it Aww. no but seriously it's a new humidity source because i'm now <laughs> dropping water out of the shower or anything else that comes onto that floor and the heat is now pushing that humidity up and the tighter I get my home, the bigger of an issue that is, because if you don't clean it up right away, that's it's it's going someplace and it's going right into your air. And especially if you're not using your bath fan yep. effectively, which isn't just turn it on when I get in the bathroom and shut it off when I leave. It's running 20 to 30 minutes after you leave that bathroom, um, which most people don't do. And then... Yeah, teenagers into the mix who take long showers. Um, we heard this so much, you know, this past couple of years with people staying home more and cleaning more and kids, you know, taking more showers during the day. It was like, there's so <laughs> much humidity in my home. Um, and a bath fan's only going to be so effective at uh, collecting all that moisture and getting it out. But you're right, there's there's a lot more sources of, of you know, we have these showers now that have like 20 <laughs> shooting streams with the rain. I joke. I joke with Eric. That's why I was saying what I said. Cause he is like Mr. Spoiled. He has like the steam shower. Oh, He's got the TV going boy. in there. He has music. I mean, that's why I'm joking. Cause do you, yeah, he has a spot. Do, do you take reservations? Do you rent yeah, it out? I should. I should. It's like a dance party shower in there. Cause it's got led lights and in sound and a, I can watch TV in there and uh, steam shower and it's, you know, it's, it's pretty funny. I mean, uh, yeah, you probably do need a dehumidifier. Oh yeah. Well, the good news <laughs> is and here, you know, on that note though, there's something that I ran into that was an interesting issue and probably seven or eight years ago when I was living in Seattle, I started putting in 
the bath fans that had the humidity sensor on them. But some of these homes that weren't conditioned, I was getting complaints from the homeowners saying that fan has been running for four days. <laughs> yeah. Because no. and, and, yeah, yeah. it's trying to control it, but there's no lower humidity air for it to pull from. Exactly. And so what you just described are strategies that we've seen builders try to implement in humid climates. So I would say mid-Atlantic down south, well, they'll put in a bath, a bath fan with that RH sensor. And what happens is it'll turn on and it'll never shut off because when you exhaust air, you're sucking in from somewhere <laughs> yep. else. And so, you know, spring times come and that bath fan would never shut off um, all humid season long. And then what happened <laughs> is they started, you know, they would start growing mold. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't understand. But, you know, what we say in the industry is one CFM out means one CFM in. And so when you got one one pound of air leaving, you got another pound coming in from somewhere else and you don't know where it's coming from. And by the way, to the to our listeners out there, they're trying to trying to visualize a cubic feet per minute of air. Think of a basketball. That's a good measurement. Yep. Each CFM of air coming in is a basketball. And like. For instance, my fan in my bathroom, it's great, does 120 CFM, but it's got to come from someplace. Yeah, exactly. And, and then when we talk about dehumidification, we use pounds or pints. So, um, you know, a pint's a pound the world around. So if someone says pounds or pints, it's, it means the same thing. Good one to remember. I like that. That is a good one. I like that one, <laughs> That's <too>. easy. Uh, <laughs> But that's what we talk about for dehumidification in is how many pints of moisture it can remove. And so there's a big difference between um, kind of commercial grade U.S. manufactured dehumidifiers and then the the portable ones that you would go to a big back store um, that are it's coming most likely from overseas. The one like a lot and of the so ones the, that have been recalled for fire hazards that are out there. Oh, yeah. You want to see something scary? Go on YouTube and put dehumidifier fire and uh, you will see people running out of their homes with those recalled units just smoking. Yeah, they are no yeah, joke. I mean, no joke. And I. You know, anybody that's listening needs to go on that Consumer Product Safety Commission website and if they've got one of those portable dehumidifiers and check to see if theirs has been recalled because this recall has been going on for years years now and they keep releasing it over and over again. So um, something's driving that. Yeah, it's crazy. And one of the problems that I've noticed too with people, they'll go out and get one of the lower quality units like that. They'll put them in down there. They'll run a little, a little, uh, you know, a uh, drain line over to their floor drain, but they still, it seems to me they're running the circular issue because they're putting the water back down into the room again. And now they're, they're it's just like, the, it's like a fountain, you know, they're putting the water back out into the room, but then they're, they've got the dehumidifier running all the time and they're not really doing a great job of sure. controlling it because they're throwing that much water back onto the floor of the of the, of the room again. Uh, the, yeah. So, I mean, you got to make sure you get that tube down that drain. There's no doubt. You got to get it out of there. Um, the worst is the buckets because they'll fill up and then nobody um, empties them after that. And I, re- empties it. yeah. And I remember growing <laughs> up in the Midwest. I mean, we, oh, we, we always knew dehumidifiers in the Northeast, the same. It's people always had a dehumidifier in their basement. That's, we knew dehumidifiers, um, but you turn it past that little one mark 
on the controller and it was a solid block of ice. Oh, wow. It just froze <laughs> right up all the time. So they weren't energy efficient and they weren't very effective. And that's because they're, the coils that they use inside to get that water to collect, um, they didn't, they weren't very um, efficient when the temperatures got low. So like in basements, you know, the temperature is usually around 65 to 68 degrees, but dehumidifiers are rated at their capacities um, traditionally in the past at 80 degrees and 60% relative humidity. Nobody's basement's indoor, at 80. Yeah, no, indoor pool. <laughs> yeah, no. Indoor pool conditions, yeah, which, pool. which it is potentially an indoor pool down there, but you're not getting those, <laughs> those temperatures. So they would freeze up. So, you know, we've got on, on our units, we've got coils that, you know, when we say commercial grade, we mean that it can remove more water at lower temperatures um, very energy efficiently, which is important because if you're using a dehumidifier, you're using it for a reason. You know, people, basements now, that's valuable living space. So they're not just storage areas with a washer and dryer. I mean, most homes now are, are finishing off those spaces to use you know, it could be a playroom, a theater room, a family room, and they're putting down carpet and putting couches and maybe a, a really nice wood bar and expensive electronics. All of those have to be protected from moisture in the air. It's crazy. You know, I know so many people, you know, I'm a musician myself. I've, I've not been playing a lot, but so many people take their musical instruments, they'll put them down in the basement because that's going to be the jam pad, but they've also got 70% humidity down there Aww. and now they're warping stuff and damaging stuff. And it's like, come on guys, you wouldn't store these things out in your outdoor shed. Why are you putting them down there without controlling that, that uh, temperature and humidity down there? Exactly. And that, and just like a shed, they're going to attract a lot of bugs um, and creepies. Yep, creepies and mold. <laughs> and, you know, you just, you have to, take care of what's down there and moisture is going to be that number one detriment. Yeah. Especially in a basement. And that goes, so, oh, let's talk. Hey, Eric. So let's talk about the giveaway and oh. talk about what oh, they're going to yeah. get because I think this is important and, and how someone would utilize this in their home. So a lot of people are saying, okay, well now I need a dehumidifier. Where should this go and why should I be using it and putting it in which space? Should I put this. it in my crawl space? Should I put it in my, uh oh! Here we go. It's it's my favorite Will Ferrell. So tell us Can about the Santa. <laughs> you like it better than streaking? Oh uh, yeah, streaking. streaking in the quad. Yeah, we. This is a family show, kinda. <laughs> so let's talk about tell the our listeners about the contest and the Santa Fe Compact Seventy. It's, oh, that's me. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. I thought you said Eric. So sorry about that. Um, so we're going to give away um, our Santa Fe Compact 70 dehumidifier, which is a standalone unit that will, will treat approximately up to 1800 square feet. Um, of space. So obviously uh, a crawl space, most of, and that's based on like eight to 10 foot ceilings. So a crawl space, you're going to have shorter ceil ceilings, going to give you a little bit more space there. 
and um, you can put it in your basement as well. What's great about our units is you can actually, if somebody has like a finished basement space and then an unfinished basement space, we can even duct it into the wall just to that space so we can treat that uh, finished basement space as well with the dehumidifier. That's cool. So it's a six-year warranty on the unit uh, and made in Madison, Wisconsin. So if somebody has any questions when they receive it and they give us a call, they're going to get somebody located right here in Madison. And uh, we're very proud of being able to manufacture these units uh, in the U.S. Nice. Nice. Madison, Wisconsin. I love it out there. Only because I grew up in the Tri-Cities here in eastern Washington. So hydroplane racing was really big in my childhood, which is also the same in Madison, Wisconsin. It absolutely is. Yes. So yes, I grew up is. with all so. the hydroplane racers that you saw out there as well. So that was, uh, yeah, that's yeah, awesome. That's, uh, that's, awesome. that's uh, all those good things. Every time I hear Madison, I go, Oh, Madison. <laughs> <laughs> A little soft place. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, and I like I like the dehumidifiers because these particular dehumidifiers are very different than the ones we're talking about at a box maker, right? So if you go into a traditional home improvement store, you're going to see a unit and you're going to say, oh, well, that's a dehumidifier. I'm going to pick that up. Those are what I call units that are good for places like Arizona or places <laughs> if you live in very, very Desert. hot no. climates. <laughs> yeah, that can be a unit that's going to work for you. But if you're in climates that are wet, like Nikki's talking about with green, greenery, you see a lot of greenery around, that's going to be a place where you need a specialized DU. And, and this company, Santa Fe and Santa Fe Products, makes one of the best. I mean, it just is the best well, uh, around. So Mm -hmm. One thing that we don't talk about enough, and I think it is so important, is you get that MERV-13 filtration in our units as well. So you get a really effective air cleaner as part of that dehumidifier. Um, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to take out a lot of the very sm small particles that can do more harm to our lungs um, than a traditional dehumidifier. Most of those have a, like a washable filter. And it's really just to keep the coils clean, the unit clean. It's really not to be a, as an effective indoor air quality uh, solution. So that's what's great about ours is you also get that uh, air filtering as part of that dehumidification. By the way, Merv has its own uh, music here. <laughs> it's our oh Merv music. We do say Every time Merv. we say Merv, I got to play the Merv song. <laughs> that's our that's loud. <laughs> oh dear. Lord. We do. We say we when we say Merv, it's our sexy music. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I wasn't sure when you said that if it was gonna be like bow, chicka, well, bow. Yeah, pretty much. Well, kind of, but it's pretty close. Yeah. It's really close. <laughs> I think somebody owns the rights to bow, chicka, bow wow, so I couldn't do it. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. Closest I could find that we could get licensing it, on. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We try to make building science sexy. We do it here. There the you show. go. We try to <laughs> We send it off the rails no. every single time with it, so it works. <laughs> <laughs> I do. You know what? Well, I think 
Oh, one of you had mentioned about, you know, um, warping of wood. Yes. Uh, earlier. And one thing that people don't realize is that when you put in hardwood floors and wood cabinets, um, that they all come with a warranty. But that warranty is vol or null and void unless you control the humidity in the home between certain levels. So depending on where you are in the wintertime, if your house gets very dry, you might have to be putting in some humidity. Yep. Um, and then if you have high relative humidity during the spring, summer, and fall, you have to be taking it out. And it gives you a range that you have to keep it in. Otherwise, if you start uh, having floor issues or cabinet issues um, of contracting and um, expanding, then they're going to say, nope. We're, we're not going to honor that warranty. And I can, I can attest to that as 30 years in the kitchen of bath design industry that, that uh, many times those door warpage issues when I walk in and I'm like, I could see you've got cupped hardwood floors. I don't even have to measure it. I can look around and go, wow, this place is humid. And that's why those doors, um, well, that's why they warped. And, yeah. and we, actually, yeah. we actually had like door styles that we wouldn't ship to Hawaii there were certain door styles we wouldn't ship overseas like that into certain tropical areas because we knew they wouldn't last because of the humidity and the lack of control of humidity. Absolutely. It's, it's so important for, uh, and then we start seeing, you know, wood moisture content get high uh, in our uh, foundations and our piers and stuff like that, that's holding our house, then we, we need to be very careful that uh, we're monitoring that because that'll lead to the wood rot um, as well. So monitoring all wood in the house um, is very important. Absolutely. Absolutely. And for all of our friends down in Florida and stuff, you know, if you want to expand the lifespan of I'm your, not sure I understand. of your, Oh, hi Siri. No, no. Sorry. That was my watch. <laughs> That was random. I tell you, there's weird things happening during this show. Uh, no, My watch just went off. <laughs> do, 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 spooky. <laughs> things are happening for no reason around me. I'm not sure what's going it's on. It's the Halloween show. <laughs> it is the Halloween show. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> well, as we talked about, my maiden name is uh, Adam. So oh, I definitely grew up with that. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. So exactly. Well, you know, it's one of the things too, that it's, you know, I'm going to be down. I've got two big speaking gigs here this next year down in Florida, which we're going to talk a little bit about, but I'm the home technology speaker down for the NHB on the home technology zone down there at uh, IBS in Florida. And I'm also going to be the, the host for SEBC down there as well this year, oh. which is going to be a lot of fun. But in Florida is a great example of how humidity just destroys their heating and cooling systems down there. And it's mostly cooling systems because they don't do that much heating. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's what we're dealing with now is our homes in the past were, you know, we, we call it being built a little bit leakier, right? So we had a lot of infiltration from the outside. We had moisture coming in um, and then our, our homes would wet and dry and wet and dry. And as long as we wet and dry, we're okay. The challenge is, is when we keep adding moisture and we're not taking it out. And so with our homes being built tighter and more energy efficient, uh, we're trapping moisture inside, which we've got to get rid of. We're generating, every person generates moisture, about a quarter of a pound from breathing and another quarter of a pound from just activities, cleaning, showering, that sort of thing. So if you've got a family of four, 
you've got two pints or pounds of moisture an hour, and you add that up in 24 hours a day, especially with everybody, you know, being stuck at home with each other all year <laughs> long, which to me is extremely scary, almost scarier than Halloween at some point, I gotta tell you. <laughs> yeah. um, but we gotta deal with the moisture that's inside. And then now our, our code uh, requires that we bring in outdoor air yeah. for indoor air quality. So, so to try to get rid of some of the, the buildup of the, the toxins and the contaminants in the air. So when we bring that air in, if we're in a humid climate, we're bringing in moisture to the house. And so all those things start contributing to a house that can't dry anymore. Yep. Um, and an energy efficient house means less air conditioning runtime. So that's when our, we have, you know, like I said, we have our, our freestanding, but we also have, we invented uh, whole house ventilating dehumidifiers back in the nineties. And so those attach right to the HVAC system. You can bring in ventilation air through the dehumidifier if you want. Um, otherwise, basically it will take over where your air conditioner leaves, leaves off. AC comes on, RH is still too high in the house dehumidifier comes on. And it's really important in what we call the shoulder seasons, the spring and fall, when we're just not getting that air conditioning runtime to manage the moisture. And a lot of overnight times, even in the, the summer. I created my own humidity issue at my house because I have, you know, two dogs that are puppies now, you know, they're under 18 mm. months. We we, I opened up this really cool opening the side of my house and put in one of those double panel dog doors because <laughs> the dogs can go out into their own area. But the problem is, is that is now my makeup air for the house. So when I turn on oh, yeah. the 120 CFM bath fan or I turn on the 1200 CFM kitchen hood, that is now Holy makeup smokes. air. smokes. And there's no way to You're, condition that. There's no, it's, no, it's bringing in not. what's there. And I can't, it is. even if I hooked up makeup air to it, it's still not going to, that's the path of least resistance. Yep. Anytime you turn your dryer on, yeah. your bath fan, your kitchen, all of those are, are taking out air, but it's going to suck in from somewhere. And you've, you've just created the perfect path for it. Yep. It is like, it is like the <laughs> carpool lane for humidity into my house. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's not being filtered. It's not being conditioned. Yep. So that's, we get those calls quite a bit from people that are building homes that are putting in those 1200 CFM kitchen hoods. And they're like, well, my building inspector was just here and they say I need to bring in makeup air of 1200 CFM. Yeah. And it's like, well, you're in Miami, Florida. Where where do you want to bring it in from? It's it's warm and it's humid, um, and that's very challenging to figure out. If you put in a commercial stove, you're probably going to have to put in a commercial makeup air system. I ran into that on mine, which, and I just went. I got. Yeah. I, I looked at my heating and cooling guys, which are great. I said, uh, "Hey, Dave, look over here," and he stuck his head around the corner from the range and goes, "Yeah, you got plenty of makeup air right there." <laughs> It's not the kind of makeup air we're looking for, but you do have makeup air. <laughs> you do. And you're definitely, you know, you are drier out there. Your dew points are pretty low um, for for a large part of the year. So you've you've got the opportunity to wet and dry, yeah. wet and dry. So um, you're, you're a little bit luckier that way, where when we start seeing that in those green grass climates, you know, when we start getting to the, the mid-Atlantic and down, um, it's, it's very challenging. Yeah. Like right now I'm looking outside and this will mm -hmm. date the show a little bit, but it's 56 degrees and a 40% dew point. 
you know, 40, 40 degree dew point. So it's, you know, so it's not horrible, not horrible, you know, today, but it'll be different tomorrow. Yeah. And that means, you know, it's sometimes I have to explain what dew point, dew point is the temperature we're going to start seeing condensation. So, you know, if Mm -hmm. you, if it's 70 degrees outside and it's raining, we got a 70 degree dew point. That means any, any surface that it's 70 degrees is going to start seeing condensation. And so we have, you know, the ASHRAE, which is kind of the governing body of the HVAC industry, they recommend a 55 degree dew point in the home um, it, during the spring, summer and fall. So trying to make sure that we don't get below that. And, you know, people are, are overcooling their houses because they're uncomfortable. So they start cranking down that thermostat because they're uncomfortable. And that's the comfort controller in their house, right? That thermostat controls all my comfort. Well, the reality is it just controls the temperature. It's it's not controlling the relative humidity. And they start cranking it down. That's when we start getting sweaty duct work, um, condensation on, uh, you know, potential walls, that sort of thing. Registers. Like tile. Yep. Tile flooring. Yep. Tile floors. And also... With clients too, I think the most important thing is that spring and fall are two of the times when you're really going to create all this moisture. Like people often think hot, humid. It's just a misconception. They think, oh, July, I'm going to have the most humid and I'm going to have the most mold. And you know, Nikki, that's not true. Most of the damage is done in the spring and the fall because you're not conditioning at all. You're not running air conditioning. And then you get this profuse sweating that happens. Like I have a walkout basement, which is interesting, right? So it's tile and, you know, just... When the if I open the windows on a day in the spring where that tile's cold, that floor is cold, and that hot air comes in, maybe it's a 75 degree day, that tile will sweat right across the floor just from condensation. And so people don't think that that can happen, but those are the worst times of year. You have to be most vigilant. And we see it. I mean, the scariest time, I'm going to tell you right now for me, and I just had a call this morning from, uh, uh, it's a fraternity house in uh, the Southeast where there's a huge moisture issue. Well, I'm like, well, first of all, you throw that many boys into one That's area. Spilled beer. You got, it, you, got spilled an, beer. you got an indoor air quality problem <laughs> yeah. out of the gate. But then lo- located yes. in, you know, Alabama um, is going to be an issue. But what we, the calls we get are always in September and October. And that's because spring comes and houses and buildings start moisture loading, right? They start, they've dried out from the winter time because we've been running heat and now they start moisture loading. And then the summer comes and hopefully, you know, the AC comes on and removing some of that moisture, but still not enough to be effective. And then fall comes and we get the rains and the high humidity and everything absorbed so much moisture now that we start seeing the results of that. And this is where we start getting the mold calls this time of the year because the drywall, the carpet, the soap, all that stuff is absorbed to a point where we're not, it's not condensation. It just can't absorb anymore. Yeah. It's done. Perfect. And so we've got to dry it out. Um, and, you know, like we said, our houses get tighter. We don't get that winter drying that we used to. We have people calling us in wintertime saying, I need a dehumidifier. I'm in Wisconsin. I need a dehumidifier. It's because they're, they're generating Crazy. so much moisture inside and it's not, and we're saying, no, what you need to do is bring in more of that dry outdoor air um, and use that ventilation air to, to dry out your home. 
uh, but they'll see condensation on the inside of their windows and think their their windows failed. Brand, you know, my, it's a brand new house and my windows failed. It's like, no, you're just generating too much moisture inside that house in the wintertime. You need to bring in some of that outdoor dry air. Yeah, see, that's our problem here in the Pacific Northwest on the west side of the Cascades is that for us here in Portland, here on out, we're going to be here through most of the wintertime. We'll be 45 and raining. So we'll be at... 70, 80% humidity and 45 degrees outside. And that's just, you know, with, of course, relative humidity moving around. But that's that's the way that's going to be. We will have yep. maybe a couple weeks where we're below freezing. But 95% of the time, we're going to be wet, rainy. And every time you walk inside, you're coming in with a wet jacket. You're coming in, you know, with wet clothes. It's yep. just how it is. And so it's always been a battle here. Uh, great example. I was walking, and this brings up another subject that I wanted to talk about. Uh, about a year and a half ago, there was a new house right when we moved into this house. Uh, a couple bought this house. It was just built, attached three-car garage, had the cool, hip glass garage doors on it. And Julie and I are walking by, and I took a picture of this house because I used it in one of my presentations. I could see the inside of the glass of that garage door looked like a sprinkler had hit it. It was, you could see the water from the sidewalk running down the inside of the garage door because both of them came home after work in a rain. Cars were wet. They were hot. They park in this super sealed up garage and it was literally raining in the garage. Yeah. Yeah. We get a lot of calls for dehumidifiers for garages, and that's just so challenging, right? Because as soon as you open that door, all bets are off. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it's so hard to condition, inexpensive to condition that much air again to, you know, just when you hopefully start getting it under control, then you come home. And you open up the door, somebody's coming and going all the time. So, and they usually have cement floors and cement has a lot of moisture in it um, and constantly giving off moisture. Uh, So we, we do get that call uh, quite a bit. I'll be just worked on an article for a a publication that uh, is talking about heating uh, garages and dehumidification. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what the result of that article is, but it definitely more and more people consider their garages living spaces now. Yeah. It's an extension of their home. Um, It's just very challenging when, when you open it up that much and then you want to, I mean like opening up every single window in your house all the time and then expecting just to close it and be able to have the conditions that you want. It's got to be hard too with the dehumidifier because if you've got that in the garage and then maybe it's a rainy day and you forgot to close your garage door. So now you've got that door open for hours on end. You forgot that it's open. Yeah. And now you're just running that thing. So, and everything's absorbed the moisture in there. So, you know, when, when, when people put in a dehumidifier, um, to fix a moisture problem, you know, we'll get calls. They're like, oh, that dehumidifier is running all the time. And it's like, well, it's going to for a while because it's got to suck moisture out of everything that has been absorbing it. And then when you get to, you know, a steady state, 50, 55%, then it'll start cycling on and off more, but it's going to run for quite a while. We see it a lot in multifamily and apartments, um, you know, which are very challenging 
to to control because you've got first level ones that are going to have lower cooling loads. You have internal units, lower cooling loads, and you got a lot of people living in a smaller amount of space usually. So, um, we, we, and town townhouses, yes. Nikki. Like oh, my yeah. mom lives in a townhouse. And she's seeing her relative humidity just climb. So we wanted to put the MD33. The wall. The smaller yep, unit. the wall unit. Yeah, the wall the wall unit. That's right. The, it's the MD33. Yep, is that the, yep, the wall unit? Yep, the in-wall yeah. unit. So we, yeah, we wanted to do that with her because in a, in a townhouse situation, you don't have a basement or a crawl space to put a unit. Mm-hmm. So you've got a living space, but these townhouses are getting completely humid. Yeah. So we need to do something. And a lot of them, if we want to go with a, a whole house unit, they don't have room. They've got utility closets that are built so small that we can't even fit a compact 70. Yeah. So um, I, they have these wall units. You can kind of explain it a little bit, um, but they actually are flush mount. So they're very cool. They can kind of hide and you don't even oh, that's know what's cool. there. Yeah. So yeah, it's it. they fit inside um, a 16 inch on center stud wall. Um, so it's really kind of like a standalone. It'll fit inside the wall, and it'll have a cover that looks kind of like a bath band diffuser cover okay. that's in the living space. But then we can tie in the condensate. Usually, it'll go on like in a mechanical closet uh, wall, yep. and so we can tie the condensate into where the air conditioner is draining, and then it's just a, a normal plug. You just plug it right in, and you set it to an RH and then you forget it. And that's what what's great about dehumidifiers and dehumidification is you don't ever mess with it. You turn it on, you set it to a set RH and you leave it alone. I know that everybody wants an app for it, you know, and they want to do, and, and then again, stuff for us, right? Like, no, 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 don't touch it. it it'll run when it needs to, um, and it'll shut off. You don't ever need to mess with it. But that's what's great about that wall unit is, um, you know, you put the cover on and then you, you just forget about it. And it conditions a space where you can't typically apply uh, a unit to the HVAC system. But I got to have my app. I'm just kidding. I know. There's an app for everything. And now people are finally getting to, oh my gosh, another app? I don't want another app. 42 different apps. Hey, Eric, we need to play um, Wheel of Oh, let's of do Wheel of Projects Nikki, before we run out of time. Let's do it. Okay, let's do it. Yeah. And if it lands on the orange, so when you look at, when we're looking at the orange, if it lands on an orange color, there will also be a sidebar for Halloween. Oh. So we'll have, and I have that planned out. So you'll just okay, have to tell me. Okay, let's see what we have here. We go. Here we go. Garage. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh. We just did garage. <laughs> we, talked we talked about garages. Let's do another Okay, one. we'll do that again since we just did right, that. spin it again. We'll spin it again. <laughs> Root cellar. <laughs> oh, gee, that's a cross face. <laughs> this is amazing. One more time. <laughs> All dehumidifiers. Oh, I don't know. I love that spaces. word, though. Root cellar. I mean, that's just not one you hear. Solarium. What? Solarium. Yeah. A solarium. So. <laughs> like a a three season. Yeah, I'm gonna call that a three season with, room. Yeah, mm, a three season. Yeah, three season room. So 
in Florida, they call them lanai's, yep. right? Yep. So a lot of people mm-hmm. like to enclose their lanai's. Again, we're looking at it as making something that wasn't originally designed, typically as living space, and making it living space, yep. um, which is, again, very challenging. Usually a lot of windows. So either you're going to have condensation on the outside or you're going to have condensation on the inside. It depends on what time of the year it or is. Both. Uh, or both. <laughs> or both. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so they can be, yes, very challenged. So what we, we had had people that um, just specifically when they, when they add um, an enclosed like three season porch, that they'll add dehumidification just knowing that there's going to be more of a moisture challenge with those spaces. I, there, anytime that something is three season or wasn't designed as part of the heating and cooling system is always very scary. Um, because again, you're, you're making, creating a space that you're trying to control the temperature and the relative humidity that your system was never designed to do. And, uh, good luck with that. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you can, and people put in awesome stuff in there, right? Like oh, yeah. you see some of the coolest things, you know, TVs and beautiful furniture and and amazing flooring and 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 fixtures. And then, you know, they get upset when they can't have it as comfortable and as a controlled environment as the rest of their house. Yeah. And they're they're just challenging that yeah, way. Absolutely. Well, Nikki, what is the best way? We're running out of time. What is the best way for people sure. to track you guys down? Sure. So our website is www.santa-fay-products.com. Cool. And uh, if you go on there, you can see our uh, different offerings of products, and you can find a contractor um, on there if you're looking for one, um, or we offer some units that you can actually buy online. There we go. Nikki, thanks for coming on today. This has been great. Is there anything that we didn't touch that you wanted to touch on today? Oh boy. Well, you did mention Arizona not needing really dehumidifiers. I tell you, we do sell quite a bit because monsoon season. No, they, <laughs> do. They, do. they do. They do. Most- it's in the rainy. Yeah. It's, I use it as the example, but in the rainy season, when they get hit, yeah. I've dealt with so many because the, the water the ground can't take that much water. So what happens, it backs up into yep. the foundations. They get cracks in the foundations and they start to get musty smell. Yeah. So yeah. People don't think of it, but caveat. it is, it is a caveat yeah. that I'm surprised. And, <laughs> and then, you know, people do all kinds of funky things in their houses that add moisture. So those are always fun calls to get to. Absolutely. So. All right. Well, thanks for coming on <laughs> don't, today. Don't put that hot tub in your basement. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> all right. Thank you. All right. Well, I'm Eric G. And I'm Caroline B. You've been listening to Around the the House. Somewhere unseen and undiscovered is a love song let's be lovers we're all over the radio take my hand i know where to go all over the radio with you 
Hey, it's Eric G from Around the House. Are you planning a decking or siding project this year? If you are, you've got to check out my friends at Millboard. Millboard is a completely different kind of composite decking and cladding that enhances outdoor spaces with enduring distinction. Hand molded from the finest oak, it realistically mimics the natural grain and color of premium hardwood. If you're looking for something that doesn't look like plastic and instead real wood, check out millboard.com. Make sure and check out that interview we did just a few weeks back. That's millboard.com.